0: Hi, and welcome back to the show. Today, we have two guests on the show. We have Kevin Goodnight, who is Global Business Development, and we have Mike Gunyan back, who is Global Sales and Marketing, both for Infinito. Uh, they are a well-regarded outsourcing firm here in the Philippines. Uh, Both Kevin and Mike are based in the US and serve, of course, North America, uh, and both highly experienced chaps in outsourcing and, of course, business generally. So I had a really good conversation with them, caught up with Infinito, uh, their updates in terms of uh, the Philippines with COVID and their exciting vaccination program for their staff. Uh, And of course, we talk business and how outsourcing is evolving Uh, and how business itself is evolving uh, and how the two can combine to to really transform a business. So I really enjoyed my conversation with uh, Kevin Goodnight and Mike Gunyon. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. Enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms, and of course, the best results from your offshore operations. The Outsource Accelerator Marketplace now covers over 3,000 outsourcing firms, representing a global workforce of over 5 million people. We also host this leading outsourcing podcast If you find this podcast interesting or valuable, please share it. We have now produced hundreds of episodes featuring the outsourcing world's most prominent luminaries. Please show your support by sharing this podcast today. Hi and welcome back everybody. Today I'm joined by Kevin Goodnight and Mike Gunyon of Infinito. Hi, guys. How are you? Doing, hey, great. Derek, doing great. And we've got two voices there. Kevin, um, <laughs> just quickly so we can orientate to the voice, do you want to say what you do at uh, Infinito? You know, I, I think I have one of the world's best jobs. I get to
1: meet people all over the world. And uh, as the global business development um, for the for the team, or one of them for the team, right, introduced companies, uh, introduced our in-company, to other uh to other prospects and uh we get to understand their business their business needs and then we actually help you know develop these uh these remote teams around the world so it's just really a great opportunity to to expand your uh your peer group on a global basis so it's a great time it really is
0: it is. It is a cool industry that we're in. It, it's so globalized, so internationalized, isn't it? And there's there's a lot of it's intriguing that how the world is getting smaller really quick, isn't it?
1: <laughs>
0: no doubt about it. And Mike, what uh, what do you do then? We've actually had you on the podcast previously, so you're one of
2: yes. And so uh, thanks for uh, thanks for having me back, Derek, and not holding that against me. I appreciate no, it's a it. Uh, you're now a
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> So I run uh, uh, sales and marketing for for Infinito, um, of course, as Kevin's mentioned, a global, global, uh, global job. So uh, try to connect great companies uh, to Infinito to help them to to scale uh, and to help them to reach their goals uh, with uh, with the value that we bring to the
0: table. And Infinito is, is largely based in the Philippines, or certainly the workforce are based in the Philippines, but both of you are based in the U.S., so you get a really sort of uh, U.S.-centric view, and actually I'm in the U.S. at the moment. Um, how how I suppose we can start by, you know, what is the perception of outsourcing in the U.S., and, and how is it changing? And, you know, we all feel that the world is getting globalized and everyone's into remote, but uh, how do you see that on the ground and with businesses, are they yet embracing the whole offshore and and globalized workforce concept?
2: Maybe I can start off uh, addressing that. So with the pandemic and everyone basically working from home, it has caused a real uh, relook at what remote work and what a remote workforce looks like. And that evaluation has generally been very, very positive. So in the U.S., then, the perception that a virtual workforce or remote workforce uh, can really work for a business has, has, um, has evolved to the point where I think there's great acceptance And which is really great for a business like ours, which caters to those that are, uh, have that sort of viewpoint that remote work uh, is viable and and can add value and and so forth. So that's how I've seen it from on the ground, much more acceptance, the hurdles much lower and people's eyes have been open during this, this uh, difficult time. Uh, So we, we're quite bullish on the future with respect to it in the in the US and in all of North America, Western Europe,
0: and in many parts of Asia. Kevin, do you see that it, it it's reaching the the average business owner? Or, you know, is it just the early adopters and is there still resistance to it? How do you how do you find the, the market? Yeah,
1: I have to, you know, to piggyback on Mike, I the resistance is is level has definitely dropped. There's no doubt about it. Um, I would, I would say also what's happening to our industry would be the, the perception is that, you know, I guess in the past, a BPO company is replacing workers, you know, that that are already hired, right? For a cheaper force. But I, I don't think that's, that's not what I see on my day-to-day business. These, These are companies that can't find quality employees or they, they have a new task or they, they're expanding their department and, they just need to add more team members to carry the load. And so there isn't that stigma that we're just replacing workers across the board. We're just filling the roles that these, the companies just can't find in their local market. So it's, it's quite fascinating.
0: Yeah, I mean, outsourcing has been going 30 years now, and there's always the concern that it's been replacing jobs. But even with COVID, there's still record low unemployment, and people are really struggling to find the skilled roles that they need. So um, it hasn't played out yet, and it's just an opportunity for businesses really to, to grow and to get the resources they need to expand. You know?
1: mm-hmm. so, that is exactly right. It's, that's, that's, that is 99% of my conversations every day.
0: And, and so let's think- introduce uh, Infinito. Then for, for those that are not familiar or haven't listened to the last podcast with you, Mike, we I encourage everyone to go back and listen. But um, tell us, Infinito, um, where do you sit in the market?
2: Uh, sure. Uh, so uh, Infinito, we've been in business for about sixteen years now. As Derek mentioned, largely, you know, the majority of our team members are in the Philippines. We're approaching about the size of about a thousand workforce. um, And uh, we support clients all over the world. However, the dominant uh, portion of that is in North America, maybe 70, 80%. Where do we fit in the market? Um, We're definitely a a mid market focused company. Small to medium business uh, is our focus. And our, our primary uh targets if you will or where we've had the greatest success has been with those companies that are ready to scale they're ready to grow there's some sort of a trigger event typically that is causing them to 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 grow and in order for them to stay and become competitive they have to look at this from a world standpoint where can they get a a, a workforce uh, the most at the most efficient cost structure and where, as Kevin said, that they can find the best quality of talent. Um, and, uh, and many of those types of companies uh, are, are, for example, uh, venture capital backed expansion stage companies that perhaps have just raised a, a funding round or a company that has just merged with another company and they're ready to grow as a combined unit. They now have capital. To do that, because it takes capital to expand. So that's sort of where we fit, Derek. Uh, in terms of industry focus, we cross from healthcare to financial services. We have a huge uh, and growing uh, IT outsourcing uh, element. Um, we are building out now something that's quite doing, going great, which is um, sales and sales enablement teams that are focused on revenue generation and not just cost containment. Um, and of course we have a customer experience, uh, and, you know, back office, uh, uh, lines of business as well. Uh, and, and of course we have a, a fairly hefty research and data, uh, business as well. So, you know, we've got about six or seven segments that we focus in on. Um, but mostly in the in the small, medium, size company as a target that typically are expanding, they have a trigger event of
0: some kind. The the really exciting thing about high growth companies and is is that you know th- there's a lot happening in a high growth, uh, frenetic kind of early stage, mid stage company, and they really need something to plug into, don't they? And and outsourcing yes. and Infinito is kind of perfect for that because. There's so many things going on, and they just need things to work. They, they can't sort of worry about all the foundational issues uh, and just focus on the core activities. And I think right. outsourcing is ideal for that, you know, when there's so much going on, so much growth, and you've really got to get ahead of that curve. Um, and they can plug into something like Infinito, and there's all of the existing uh, kind of people, processes, infrastructure in place that it can just help them accelerate. And also, of course, it's uh, it's it's highly cost-effective.
2: Yes. And, and just to add to that, um, if you're the CEO of an emerging company that's in expansion mode, you don't really want to have to worry about certain functions uh, and, and devoting resources to them, like recruiting to build out a team of you know 20 software developers. You can leave that to a company like Infinite O. And we do all that for our clients and can have a team of that size up and running in, you know, 30 to 45 days, which is unheard of in the U.S., uh, from my experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's the availability of staff. And as you say, it's the kind of uh, turnkey solution, isn't it? You can turn this stuff off, uh, turn it on and then potentially off as well. But it's effectively, it, they're done for you services. They're still your staff. Uh, and you treat them as such, and they they work as such, but um, just the incredible support structures around it mean that it's very easy to turn on and, and get moving. Really, mm-hmm. really exciting times. And to
1: yeah. add to that, gentlemen, it's, Sorry, just, it's, the, no. it's those professional services that they may not have those acquired skills and that they need immediately, and then, like Mike had mentioned, it's plug and play, so... You know these these individuals we speak with on a daily basis. They're very excited and they're very energetic, and they you know, their business is growing and expanding. Like Mike said, they just they just received funding, and now they they really got to get in there and you know go go go. And uh, you know our company has been a great resource for some of these folks to plug in these missing pieces and just hit the ground running.
0: And one of the advantages of outsourcing is that you can save you know, whatever it is, kind of 60%, 70%. But actually the more exciting thing for, for aspirational growth companies is that you can effectively triple your workforce uh, for the same cost, you know, as if you're doing something onshore. If you go offshore, you can literally triple your workforce, which means that you can build an army of people to outcompete or outgrow your market. Uh, and I think people just overlook this incredible opportunity, yeah do, you, do yeah. you sort of do people well what i find as well is, and you know correct me if i'm wrong but people that have just raised money and as we hear in the valley uh at the moment you know valuations are going crazy there's so much money in the market and people are getting huge rounds now and i think there's almost a sense of invincibility that so much cash is sloshing around that they can afford the best you know and they can afford the developers in in the valley um and they don't necessarily need to be cost conscious do you see that a little bit you know and it, it's kind of reminding people that actually it's still prudent to to be cost effective and you know manage your resources and extend yeah. your your runway i would say the answer that i <laughs>
2: it's interesting right if you've got somebody maybe an inexperienced uh ceo perhaps being a little bit more um, forthcoming with the, with the capital. But I think for the most part, and Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, most of the, of the folks that we're working with have been there before. They know the value of being capital efficient and also the value of being able to go to a board meeting and saying we're able to get this function done for, you know, a third of the cost. Or as you said, Derek, we're able to find a way to triple our capacity for the same money that we had allocated for this certain, you know, this certain department, for example. So we're really finding that I I keep continue to see uh, some real sharp, um, CFOs and CEOs out there that, that want to be capital efficient, uh, and you're right there's a lot of money out there but i'll tell you a lot of the vcs the venture capital companies still keep a pretty good rein on the on the on the pocketbook because they're going to need it later no, right so that's that's what i've seen what about you kevin
1: yeah I, I have to agree with you mike 100% there's there's really no open wallet mentality when we when we um, you know collaborate with these these teams um, more more times than not these individuals are they're very sharp however they are still kind of new to the outsourcing world they've heard of it they they've they've experienced remote working now for a year plus and uh, they're just willing to try it and then of course I think the caveat is oh there's a savings as well because a lot of times when I'm speaking to these individuals they're concerned about production and quality and that's that's really a major issue because you yeah, you can hire someone and they're, you know, 30, 60 percent less than someone in the local market. But are you really getting that person that's experienced? Are you really getting that person's going to produce and, and do the right thing when they're, they're supposed to do it? And I, I think that's where we, our company really excels with our ISO certifications and our, our, our operations team is just fantastic. in not only onboarding the team, but then managing them. To a very high level of degree. so um, yeah, money is always a factor, but they're they're definitely definitely looking at production and quality.
0: Yeah, it's a good point, Kevin. the The quality is essential, isn't it? You know, this isn't about money, saving money or, or making money. It's actually about ensuring that the quality is there and the caliber right. of talent as well. You know, this is no longer a conversation about uh, call centers or, or sales calls, but it's it's about you know talented. Uh, developers coders animators um data engineers you know and, and it goes up the mm-hmm. the entire kind of uh, hierarchy of jobs uh and so how do you how do you ensure quality you know how do you cater for all of those kind of roles and are there areas that you can't kind of go into or areas that you specialize in particularly
2: uh, maybe i'll i'll take that one kevin so we, we our primary specialty is at the top of the of the pyramid is that we build these great high performance teams. And as you've heard, the the beach front is fairly wide that we support. Um, our Our talent lies in being able to find the best talent out there to support almost anything our clients can typically desire. However, that being said, we don't do a few things. Like we do not provide uh, clinical healthcare support. For example, we're not going to be diagnosing medical problems over Zoom or over the phone. Uh, so we stay away from clinical. So we don't have any doctors on staff, but we have hundreds of, of nurses, but they're performing other non-clinical type work uh currently we don't have any attorneys for our clients but we do legal support paralegal type level support um so in terms of domain expertise you know we really are really strong in healthcare overall in financial services in the research side of things um and IT and sales um those are those are kind of where we shine uh of course, omni-channel uh, customer experience or customer support as well. It's always kind of hard, Derek, to put your finger on one or two things, but we pride ourselves in being able to do all of these things quite well, and it's really demonstrated by our our net promoter scores that our clients give us. Uh, and if you're familiar with that that structure, um, a score in the a score in our industry, a score of 20s considered sort of average. A score of 40 uh, is considered to be quite good. And we're actually at about a 75, which would be, you know, considered the very top of the mark. And what that means is that clients will strongly tend to support us. And they also display it with a roughly 97% retention rate. So, you know, we, we see it the value being placed not just on uh, the the uh, efficiencies, but also on, on another element, which I wanted to touch on, which is effectiveness. So how, how are we affecting the outcomes and goals of their business um, rather than just being a more efficient way to do something? Uh, so we, we're always trying to add value to every client, you know, each and every day. So these high performance teams at the top of the funnel, as I mentioned, or the top of the pyramid, um, they're adding value in much more than just, you know, completing a certain number of tasks in the day with high quality. We're also doing things like suggesting other best practices that might be brought to bear for the client. So I know it's a relatively long answer. I
0: hope it's helpful. No, that's great. And how does how does that play out in a, in day to day operations? The the you know Infinito no doubt has incredible experience in mm-hmm. running these processes, often far more experience than the individual clients do. But how does the the sort of co parenting arrangement work within the operations? Is it the client running and managing the day to day, or is it you, or is it a sort of uh, co management kind of arrangement?
2: I'll, I'll I'll take it again, Kevin. Uh, the, uh, it's it's sort of a co co collaboration is probably the best word I would use. From the very beginning of the relationship, uh, our operational teams and team leaders and operations managers uh, become very close with the clients, the counterparts. And we establish uh, key performance indicators and other metrics. And then after a period of time, service level agreements are set. But in the meantime, all of the operational metrics have now been established. And we have a regular rhythm with every client um, of governance and discussion. It can go from daily at certain levels all the way up to quarterly with the very senior people in the business. So it's collaborative, but you know we our goal is to manage to the service level agreement so we handle it with lots of inputs from our clients and of course, nothing stays uh, fixed things change over time and so as any good organization, you know we're an extension of our clients so we have to to uh, pivot every time our clients pivot. So we try to make it seamless in other words, Derek, but uh we take the responsibility for the performance of of the of the teams working on behalf of our clients with direct day-to-day management
0: and there's a lot of conversation at the moment about uh, machine learning and automation and ai and all of this you know kind of uh, i suppose the end of the world armageddon for the average employee um the outsourcing industry is is quite fearful that all of the jobs are going to be gone in five or 10 years. And um, how do you see technology playing out within sort of outsourcing operations, whether it helps or hinders at the moment and then also into the medium and long-term?
1: I'll just, uh, let me chime in for a second. Uh, I I had not thought of or have consider that the the BPO industry would be threatened or concerned about you know labor enabled technology, I um, you know we're stepping into that realm and Mike can explain some of those aspects if we do a little more more clearly than than I can. But um, I see it as a, just a, a great opportunity for Infinite O to to expand our business and to really to create and to establish that that long-term relationship with our client. Because with those type of tools, you can really dig in and, and offer more services. And that's really what our company is about. We're, we're really trying to develop ways to help our clients run their business more efficiently and more effectively. So I, I only see it as a net positive for the industry. Mike, what what, what do you think? Uh, I guess
2: two things. One is that the very low level tasks will continue the trend of being, um, I'll call it cannibalized by automation and AI, and that that's very likely going to continue to be the case. How that affects Infinite O? Well, Even today, as part of our optimization with our clients, we bring some of those tools to the table, which is what Kevin's talking about from an opportunity standpoint. So we'll even say, look, we can figure out a way to automate this for you. And sure, it might take less people afterward, but that's okay. We still want to add that value. Um, the, The other part of the opportunity is that we are morphing as a company. We're evolving. And one of our great initiatives for the next three to five years is to transform from simply a labor company to having a significant part of our business being from what Kevin just mentioned as technology-enabled labor or technology-driven solutions is a more wider Uh, statement around it where we're going to be bringing automation and developers to the table we're going to work in small teams with our clients to find answers to perhaps areas where they can where automation can be brought uh, to the table example would be things like email monitoring right i mean we all have so much email that we have to go through and uh, some of it's mission critical some of it's not And so there are now we're building out automation tools that allow for some of our clients to have their email monitored and important things go through and other things go through logic gates um, to get answers very, very quickly. So that's an example where in the past, perhaps people would have been doing something, but now it can be automated. So Derek, in short, we're trying to embrace it uh, and also one of the reasons why we're kind of moving what we call up the food chain in terms of work from BPO to KPO sort of knowledge process outsourcing and where we're at bringing um, you know research scientists to the tables to the table rather than just someone who's an administrator um yeah, you know it's just an, it's an evolution and i think you hit the nail on the head that yes there's going to be some cannibalism in the, in, the play, in the space where technology and machine learning and AI and everything is going to take some jobs, but that's okay. It opens up lots of doors.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? Like technology, mm-hmm. you know, when outsourcing started, there were only telephone lines. So the, the opportunity for what you could actually do was so limited because you could only sort of push it through uh, a, a phone line. And so you had a voice, whereas now everything is over data, and then also all of the tools basically expands broadens the capacity of what can possibly be done through communications through online, and it just it broadens it out to basically encompass everything, doesn't it? You know, you can now do everything. And what is interesting as well is like as it moves into more of sophisticated technology then everything is within basically a tool online and then basically everyone's all working from sort of cloud tool interfaces and then basically everything can be offshored. There's no sort of uh, localized relevance to anything anymore, is there? Because everything is kind of interfaced through tools and applications and the cloud and computers. It's incredibly... It's amazing the evolution, as you say, Mike. Yeah, it's it's incredible yeah, how it's yeah, completely developed. agree with everything everything you just said, Derek. It's, uh, and, it's quite know, a
2: ride, I'm sure, that we we're, we're on right now.
0: Yeah, we. I had a conversation with another BPO the other day, and you know they were they were a customer service CX uh, specialist, and you know they're they're becoming more prevalent now. But talking to them, you realize, you know, customer service twenty years ago was answering the phone within three seconds but now it's incredibly sophisticated and it's omnichannel and it's it's also about upselling and it's about generating revenues from it and net promoter score and using all of the tools and um, then the analytics and now the average business doesn't have that internal knowledge or specialization so they're almost forced to be competitive to hand that activity off to customer service specialists because it's gone from just answering a phone to the most complex kind of uh, system you could ever imagine. It's amazing. And that would also then apply to every other uh, vertical within a business. It's um, Mm -hmm. it's just getting- You you know, Derek, when
1: when you talk about that, I was thinking about an article that I just recently read had to do about customer service. And it literally said, if your customer service isn't excellent, you're a dead company. And I mean, and you're hitting the nail on the button right because you have to have all these different types of experiences that, that consumers want to uh, to to uh, to communicate with some are still telephone right old fashioned others just just I just want to chat you know, and uh, you better respond back within three minutes or so <laughs> right and, uh, and and they better be uh, cogent with their answers because again this 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 idea that the consumers have that your customers' customer service being excellent is just given. That's what you have to provide,
0: and it can't be anything less. So it's interesting that you say that. And it's funny, you know everyone sort of worries about jobs disappearing, but it, it's getting infinitely more complicated. Like you think of the average plumber. you know twenty years ago, all they had to do was get a uh, an advert in the yellow pages and maybe get a mobile phone when they came out. But now, you know, they've got to be present on Instagram, on Facebook. They've got to have a customer service strategy. They've got to have a website. They've got to optimize all of those things. They've got to be posting on Facebook. They've got to be responding to comments. They've got to be getting reviews on Trustpilot. You know, it's uh, it's incredible I like how this sort of balloon expands of <laughs> what being a plumber really entails.
2: Yeah, 100%. You're 100%. You better have all those things in place uh, to be competitive and if you can't do it then you have to find somebody else to you know curate and moderate and create content for you and uh, it's and it's a plumber would be a great example of, of small like sole proprietor but this goes on as you move up in this in terms of business size as well and uh, you mentioned sophisticated tools in customer experience uh, you could extend that into and include uh, what you just mentioned about all the outbound activity and social media posting and the content curation and moderation and, and so forth. It's all kind of a big part of that ecosystem, and you better be pretty good at it if you're going to compete. And, uh, you know, we like to think of ourselves as part of that part of that solution um, where you don't have to build it yourself. You don't have to, to create it. And you're not don't really necessarily have to buy it. You can just work with a company like Infinito to, to to put it in place very quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, again. And it it's there's no there's no competition, there's no real alternative, you know, because businesses nowadays they, they can't afford to be specialized in everything that needs to be done. You know, you need to focus mm-hmm. on your core and then there's these incredible industries like offshoring and and you know, players like Infinito that can help execute on all of these individual strategies. It's it's uh, fascinating. So, guys, and how you know, I want to get updates, and you know, we can talk about the Philippines and COVID. But how how is all of this structured in terms of the price? Is it is it an all in cost, or is it the sort of salaries and seat fees? How how do you generally structure this for people?
2: Well, uh, it's an all. We have an all in fee monthly fee. Uh, based on the, typically based on the number of team members that are a part of the team. Uh, and uh, we have an, you know, an annual contract, monthly invoice, and we have very, very simple and straightforward change, you know, a change structure or a termination structure so that things are, we very, very easy to do business with from getting started all the way through perhaps the, the end, which we hope never comes but all the way through that, it's easy to do business with. Yes, it is all in, so there's no extra fees or extra costs, and that includes all the things that you need to build out a team, from real estate space and computers, software, uh, the, you know, as Kevin mentioned earlier, the security platforms and, and IT uh, and so forth and so on, plus all of the HR and personnel and, and finance things that have to take place in any kind of a business. but we take care of all that. and yes, it's all included in the fee. and yes, it's all part of that you know significant, you know 70% roughly savings over what that same cost would be
0: onshore in the US or Canada, for example. And again, it's that turnkey nature, isn't it? So, you know, as any employer would know in the U.S. or, or anywhere in the world, just employing someone it is such incredible, uh, you know, obligation, red tape, liabilities, uh, you know, operational considerations when you employ someone. And all of that is, is taken care of. It's Exactly. So- and, they, and
1: and gentlemen, they, they do think about that. But then when we, uh, we get into the negotiation stage, that all goes out the door. <laughs> right? It always goes back to uh, the almighty dollar in that regard. So you constantly have to uh, educate these individuals about you're not going to lose quality or production uh, or excellence in that, for that fact.
0: Yeah, and that's a difficult thing sometimes, you know, with a with an invoice that's all included, they're kind of comparing that invoice to mm-hmm. to maybe the, the salary that someone's getting in the U.S., and they, they often forget to consider all of the extended auxiliary expenses of employment in the U.S., you know, all of the on-top costs. It can typically come to about 45% on mm-hmm. top of the salary, plus there's office costs, plus there's Uh, recruitment and retention costs and churn costs yeah Uh, it's phenomenal isn't it you know sure And,
2: and benefits and and of course managing an hr recruiting department and headhunters and all those things are definitely part of the equation so it's a challenge to uh go through them but what we like in our pricing is that we're very transparent we we do share with our clients the the salary um uh, we share the benefits, costs, and, and so forth, and the overhead so that we can be as transparent as possible to make sure that we're talking sort of apples to apples. And for the most part, I'd say the businesses that we deal with, the people are sophisticated enough and have had enough experience to uh, to really understand that. As Kevin says, when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, it's dollars and dollars, but Certainly, uh, at the level of understanding fully loaded rates versus just salaries, I think we do a pretty good job of communicating that across and 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 having people that understand it.
1: I would, Mike, I'd say our our, our clients are actually they're pleasantly surprised to 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 see that transparent type of pricing that we provide them. I think it's almost refreshing to
0: to be honest with you. I hmm. Agree. And so what's going on in the Philippines and it, you know, it's uh, coming in and out of lockdown all the time and how are the vaccines going and, you know, what are the updates from Infinito's uh, view over in the Philippines?
2: Well, um, overall, uh, yeah, I mean, the Philippines kind of is going through extended community quarantines or or lockdowns, usually by region, Um, you know, just as many parts of the world have been. uh, They're the government in the Philippines is now uh, um, having uh, inoculation centers by region and by, by you know, different, different geographical boundaries. But people are being vaccinated. Um, and one of the things I'm, I'm very proud of that our company uh, has done is that we've acquired, we acquired early on um, the Moderna vaccine and, and one other Uh, So that we could ensure that all of our employees and their dependents would have the opportunity to become vaccinated. So we're methodically going through that process right now. Uh, So between our work and what the work that the government's doing, uh, it's uh, people are, you know, going through the process, just like uh, we did sort of in the States and throughout Europe. uh, And that's happening now in the Philippines. We're all hopeful that uh, that will continue and uh, be effective before uh, you know significant outbreaks occur. Uh, so we're all hopeful of that for, for all of our team members in the general population in the Philippines. But we're pleased to, to report that we've um, taken care of our team members and their dependents in that way as best as,
0: as we can. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, with the Philippines, a lot of it does fall down more onto the private sector as opposed to, you know, in the, in the, in the US, for example. Yeah. Um, a lot of the private companies are having to make arrangements um, and, it, you know, it is, it is fantastic. And, of course, there's, there's been incredible disruption from COVID uh, as there has everywhere in the world. But the outsourcing industry is, has generally had zero uh, downtime and uh, and in fact, has even sort of grown throughout the pandemic, so it's really sort of shone a light on on the the power and resilience of the industry I think hmm. that's a great point yeah. yeah, I think even in
2: 2020 we still grew at roughly twenty percent and in what you know it, as you look back on things which we can't quite say look back on yet it's uh, but during that period of time we didn't lose even one client. we didn't lose service. We were able to move people from the office to remote location uh, capabilities uh, within two weeks. Uh, you know that's a lot of people, a lot of mobilization and a lot of work we're very, very proud of whereas some of our People, competitors, if you will, in the same industry, both in the Philippines and elsewhere, were not so fortunate to be able to uh, maintain service. Uh, So we're we're pleased about that as kind of a little bit of something to be proud
0: of during a difficult time. Yeah, that's incredible, and and it provides the outsourcing provides the economic backbone for the industry. So it's incredible that it is resilient and it's surviving and it's growing is so important for the Philippines and the Philippine people and uh, industry generally. And of course, you know, it's it's helping business in the US. So it's a, mm. it's a win-win. Guys, I really recommend, you know, as always, that, that people pick up the phone and have a conversation and uh, everyone's business is different. But talking to, you know, people like yourselves, Kevin and Mike, and just really kind of feeling out what outsourcing is how it can be applied what sort of roles might be suited what the prices are it's so valuable isn't it what what do you guys recommend in terms of engaging is it just picking up the phone um you know how how should people kind of get started
2: well the best way is to just go to our website at infinito.com and uh there's a there's a box there to hit and says uh let's set up a call and then someone from, from our team, uh, you know, whether it be Kevin or one of the other folks, will set up a quick call and, um, have a little discovery session to understand what, what, and if we might help you to, uh, to do, uh, to move your, your company forward. So Kevin, what, what do you think? Just, uh, the website's probably the best, huh?
1: It really is. Cause it's universal, you know, and, uh, even though we're global, uh, I myself don't work 24-7, <laughs> uh, so I like to have some rest every now and then. But it's the easiest way to get a hold of us. And, you know, it's really simple to do business with us. You know, we have a, a collaborative uh, type of a discussion, and, uh, you know, from there we come up with a proposal. And and uh, every now and then we do some additional discovery, whether, whether it's operations or, or data security and we go through those in a methodical way, but it, it's a very quick process. And I, I think our clients are they're pleasantly supply, pleasantly surprised on how easy it is to do business with our company. So yeah, go to the website, click on the contact us, and uh, we can initiate that uh, that first meeting. Yeah.
2: And alternatively, uh, the email address of sales at infinito works just as well. So. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it, Derek, having the opportunity to talk to you and to share a little bit about
0: our company. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks, guys. I, I really enjoy it and it's great to get those those updates and um, you know, as always, I recommend people just reach out. It it can be so transformative and just have a conversation, you know, because like Mike and Kevin are, are worldly business chaps and it, it's it just can transform a business. It's so powerful. It's so uh, can't recommend it enough. Guys, thank you so much. Great to chat. Thank you, Derek. Thank you. Great to be here. That was Kevin Goodnight and Mike Gunyon of Infinito. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. And if you want to ask us anything, then just drop some email to ask at accelerator. Dot com. See
2: you next time.